Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into the last show for 2021. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us for this Friday edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Field and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. And Colin, it took you three days to figure out where your little quote was from. I'm very disappointed in myself now because I love I mean, that show, too. and I used to watch it all the time with my friend Logan, and I actually watched it two weeks ago. The, I mean, look, I didn't tell you I was going to add that in for That's you, true, but I just but figured at this I point you'd probably add it. in something like that. I mean, Colin Mockery was my favorite, out of whose line is it anyway, and Drew Carey's my favorite host. I even did a report on Drew Carey in college. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> then I guess be disappointed in yourself, Colin. How did it take me this long to realize that? I don't know. It's all good, man, right? Well, it's all good because it's Friday. Yeah, it is Friday. It's a football Friday, and now it's you're throwing year. things at us. I'm not throwing things at you. I'm He's just been trying doing to that. He's throwing his paste stuff at us, trying to flex. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the point. I'm trying to find papers. We're having a good discussion in here and just kind of... You have too many papers. I do do. have too many papers. All right. Well, welcome to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, We'll get things going here. Talk about last night's games uh, that we had for the second day of the Skip Fowler Memorial Classic. Started out with Millbrook versus Jefferson, and that was a very great game towards the end. We'll be joined by head coach of the Jefferson Cougars, Richard Lewis, here in uh, about five, six-ish minutes uh, right after the first break. Uh, they beat up, or they beat, ended up beating Bridgeport, or excuse me, Millbrook last night, 62-56, to improve to 4-0 on the season. And uh, the last two games have kind of really showed what Coach Lewis had really wanted because when we talked to him before uh, the first night last night, he kind of said that his teams had been getting out to slow starts to start the games, and you know they were kind of lucky to be two and zero. And now they're four and zero, and I wouldn't really call it all luck. They beat Bridgeport that game for the first night, seventy-seven to thirty-nine, and uh, getting the sixty-two fifty-six win last night. Yeah, and I think uh, you know last night's game wasn't a great game for Jefferson overall, but they finished strong and they found a way to win. And despite having to play a different style than what they're probably used to, or at least, you know, they had a lot of guys in foul trouble. Um, They ended up getting to the free throw line, stopped playing or stopped fouling and played good defense down the stretch. And they found a way to pull out that victory, which is a sign of a good basketball team. Anytime you find a way to win, despite the game not really going in your way. And I think that's kind of the story of it for both teams last night. Martinsburg really didn't play a great game, but they still found a way to win. And that's the most important thing. So, you know, both those teams, uh, Martinsburg improving to three and two, Jefferson sitting at four and zero. You know they both look good, even though Martinsburg's had a lot of issues in its first five games. I still think that they have talent. I think Jefferson's a really good team that just needs to put it all together uh, and, and make sure they play consistently uh, to have a chance of being one of the best teams in the state this year. But certainly, you know, have found ways to win in, in all four of their games and have really put up a lot of points. You know, last night was really the first time they've been held down a little bit, and it was, what did you say, 62? 
Was that total? 62-56? Yeah, it was 62-56. That's still, I mean, a really good scoring night for a high school basketball team. Yeah, but both games last night, I feel like, uh, were a lot closer score margin-wise than we probably anticipated well, yeah, after definitely, cause the I, first Yeah, definitely. I didn't day. even give out the final score for Martinsburg. They ended up coming, or they were leading, and then they had to... And they kind of fell through. Had a pretty bad beginning. Halftime, it was thirty-five twenty-four Bridgeport. Yeah, they had to come back. Well, they were winning in the first few minutes. Yeah, but then Still, they. Kind I, of I don't think anybody some adversity. Bridgeport to have the lead there. Yeah, well, they felt some adversity here in the second quarter, and then into the third quarter, and they were able to come back, get a three-point win, fifty-seven to fifty-four. They've now won three straight games after starting zero and two, and they're just kind of starting to get in the swing of things as. Uh, they'll be back at it next Friday. They go the whole week off before they uh, start the season against a really good Hedgesville team that likes to uh, have possession of the ball a lot. Yeah, and I feel like, at least by the looks of it right now, Martinsburg looks vulnerable. Yeah. A lot of people were probably looking at the EPAC and saying that Martinsburg and Jefferson were going to be the two teams to come out of the region and go on to states just like last year. All right, now I feel like at least for the uh, section that involves all the Berkeley County schools, it's wide open. Spring Mills is really good this year. So is Musselman. So is well, Hedgesville and Martinsburg. problem with Spring Mills is they're so young, so how far will the youth take them? That's that's the big question for Spring Mills, I think, in, in my mind at least. Uh, but, but, yeah, you add Musselman. Talented. Yeah, they are talented, but it, it, you have to have that veteran senior leadership. Those juniors and seniors that have been there before, a lot of those freshmen, well, all, the, all those freshmen have not been to Charleston for the state for states before. So that could be a big impact when it comes to later down in the season. Uh, but you know, one team that was there la- the last couple of days was Bridgeport, and I have to say, heck of an effort yesterday. They got, got their butts kicked on on Wednesday, seventy seven to thirty nine, and they came out and they scored fifty four point or yeah, fifty four points last night. So, I mean, for a team to kind of throw away that horrible game and come back at it just over 24 hours later, that's going to be a good ball club. I think Bridgeport, too, they're a type of team that if they get into their sets and they run their plays, they can be successful. You know, because they don't really have a ton of size. You know, they don't have a guy that's 6'5 that can play like Cameron Johnson or some of these other guys around the state. But they have really good shooting. They run their offense well when they get into their sets and they are able to, you know, play pretty solid defense, especially in the zone. So while they don't necessarily match up with teams like Jefferson very well, Martinsburg's not really built to press this year. So they have to kind of change their defense and they kind of allowed Bridgeport to get into those sets and allowed them to run their offense and get into the game. So Bridgeport's a team that can compete if you allow them to do that they're not you know a physically intimidating team but they are a very solid team all the way around and i think that showed last night opposed to what uh jefferson really did to them in that first game uh and could martinsburg have blown them out yeah but they they just struggled against bridgeport sets and sometimes it's all down to matchups really in the game of basketball yeah, definitely. And uh, we've hit the first break of the day. Segment sponsored in part by SunsetWater.com, proudly installing water softeners in Martinsburg right here at WRNR TV 10 and in Berkeley County since 1989. When we come back, we'll be joined by the head coach for the Jefferson Cougars, Richard Lewis.
with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. You've put up with your water long enough. It's time for Sunset Water Services, your local water solution since 1989, to fix your water problems. Get better tasting, better smelling, and better looking water today. Say hello to drinking your own delicious water for pennies per gallon. Say yes to healthier skin and hair and to softer and brighter clothes. Sunset Water Services delivers your bags of salt to you, so they'll save your back too. And our products come with a one-year satisfaction guarantee. Call 304-754-9031 for a free water quality test today. Sunsetwater.com. This is your home for Steelers football. Touchdown! Juju Smith-Schuster right to left across the back of the end zone. All season long, Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Missy Matthews bring you pregame interviews, the game itself, plus the Mike Tomlin press conference. Yeah! No one covers the team on game day like the Pittsburgh Steelers radio network. How about that play? Right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM and AM 740. Holly's VIP Northside is the best local spot to catch all of your favorite high school, college, and pro sports, or to hang out with friends. Holly's has a great beer and cocktail menu, along with a food menu that will blow you away. Holly's offers multiple TVs to watch the game of your choice from anywhere at the bar or their outdoor patio with cornhole and fire pit. So stop by and see for yourself today at 36 Veronica Drive in Martinsburg. That's Holly's VIP Northside. We'll see you for the game. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. 127 and counting left in the ballgame. Over to Johnson. Now might be the time where they get a little aggressive, but Johnson... Almost put two hands for safety, but ended up just laying it up. So 57 51, 15 left. You got to go fast here. But aggressive defense taken away by Gladney. He'll run the court. He'll lay that one up. And in 59 50, 108 left in the contest. Jefferson trying to put the icing on the cake here. That was the Parsons Ford moment of the game last night. Parsons Ford just happens to be this segment's sponsor. Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We're now joined on the phone by the head coach of the Jefferson Cougars, Richard Lewis. How are you doing today, Coach Lewis? Good. How you guys doing? We're doing good. And uh, your team last night able to get another victory, now 4-0 on the season. And, you know, we kind of talked before the game on Wednesday that your team had kind of been getting out to some slow starts and having just won the first two games by a total of eight points. And on Wednesday, able to get a big win over Bridgeport and then a solid win last night in clutch time over Millbrook. Yeah, we've been talking about that all the last week and a half, just trying to get off to a better start. Um, I thought yeah, last night we got off to a decent start, um, but Millbrook was you know really tough opponent. They came ready to play. Coach, I think the big thing last night was how you guys finished the game, uh, and uh, in particular, I think Cameron Johnson, despite him struggling from the floor, was able to get to the free throw line and uh, you know keep attacking, which is always good to see out of a, a star player like him. 
Yeah, he got in foul trouble early in the first quarter, so he was a little off um, pretty much throughout the game. He really, he really didn't play his normal game. Sometimes, you know, foul trouble can dictate how our players' emotions are. So I thought, uh, you know, last night he didn't see his best outing, but I thought the second half he played a lot smarter, um, and then he finished the game off for us. Coach Lewis, Colin McLaughlin here. Thank you for being on with us. And in the first game against Bridgeport, we saw – an outstanding defensive performance, especially with the press. How do you get your team disciplined and focused to be able to have such a uh, great press going out there? Um, we got a lot of speed and quickness and athleticism, so that always helps. Um, but, we you know, our guys buy into um, what we're trying to do um, defensively. Um, and we're still, just to be honest with you, we're still about 50 60% there as far as you know understanding what we're going to do um, defensively and looking forward now to the start of epac play starting next tuesday you guys uh will play muscleman obviously muscleman a pretty good team but then the second game of the season or of the, of the epac schedule you'll play hedgesville so two good teams back to back to start the epac schedule yeah and that, that epac schedule is always tough for us um in the past uh, we've always pretty much had the same the same schedule um, normally we play Martinsburg after that, so we, they change it up a little bit for us. But, you know, two tough teams. Um, Tuesday we, we got got a good look at Musselman a couple weeks ago at their um, at their mixer, uh, and they beat Millbrook um, by double digits. So that tells you anything. It's going to be a good game on Tuesday night. And, Coach, um, you know, how do you think this, this kind of non-conference schedule has helped you guys prepare for the EPAC this year? Because – it seems pretty wide open based on how the teams have played so far. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helped us. We missed two games, unfortunately, um, due to uh, you know COVID, COVID protocols by some teams. But um, overall, I'm pleased um, where we're at. Um, we'd like to be a little better, a little further along, um, you know, in some areas. But overall, it's prepared us uh, for Tuesday and going forward. I think um, you know, knowing knowing us, knowing the uh, sectional opponents. And they know us really well. So it's always going to be uh, some fun matchups and some tough games. Off to a uh, 4-0 start to begin this uh, season. And it's very different than last year because of uh, COVID. But still COVID here in the world. But how has your team been able to deal with everything and make sure that they don't get any outbreaks within the uh, program? Yeah, I mean, just basically what everybody else is doing, um, you know, just make sure we're being safe. With, you know, they definitely, um, their parents talk to them about, you know, just being around certain um, people, being around different people, um, you know, during this time. And see a lot of, a lot of, um, lot of shutdowns over the holidays because a lot of family members are visiting each other. So, you know, just being careful. Um, that's all you really can do. You still, still got to. At this point, a lot of people, you still got to live your life um, and go out and, you know, just be safe. Um, make sure, you know, you got hand sanitizer and washing the hands, you know, after practice and just doing the basics. And you're looking forward to uh, this, the January and February schedule for you guys. Non-conference-wise, you're definitely challenging yourself. Uh, playing a team like Riverdale Baptist Private School out of Maryland, Greenbrier East, uh, twice in there, Buchanan Upshur and then Broadford and Christian Academy uh, among a couple teams. Uh, but what did playing kind of those teams in the latter portion of the schedule help you guys when it comes to the playoffs? 
Yeah, the Riverdale Baptist game, I'm, I'm hoping that um, that it happens still. I know it's lingering with PG County because um, the game's at Wise High School in PG County, so I know PG County's shut down right now. So just I'm just hoping that happens. Um, it's basically a one-day event. Um, we go down and play them, and they're a really solid program. I know they played in the St. James Tournament um, a couple years in the past, like four or five years. So that's something we wanted to see, you know, just challenge ourselves um, out of conference playing a team down in um, the D.C. area to see where we measure up at. Um, Greenbrier East, um, definitely a tough opponent. They beat South Charleston the other night. Uh, I believe South Charleston's in the top ten. So I'm playing them home and home. Um, and then Buckhand Upshur, we went there last year. So they'll be coming back to um, repay the favor. So And then Broadford is always tough. Um, we got them toward the end of the year, hopefully to get something um, before sectionals. Coach, uh, you guys had a lot coming back entering this year and, uh, you know, a lot of seniors on your team, but freshman Jamari Jenkins has started for you and has played well. Uh, what did you kind of see from him that allowed him to earn that starting spot and what has he brought to the team this year to add that extra dynamic that maybe you weren't expecting uh, with some of you guys coming back? Yeah, Jamari's, uh, he's always been a really good player. Um, he's a uh, he's a freshman, but you know, over, you know, overall he has played a lot of basketball. Um, definitely in the off season, we're looking forward to some big things from him. Um, and I think right now he's he's playing at a, a, a high level, but I think we've we haven't seen the best best of him so far. Um, but we definitely expected him to come in and you know push some of the returning players and some of the uh, some of the starters for some minutes. For basketball, the WVSSAC last year decided to make it a uh, four classification system. How do you uh, like being in 4A? Do you think that they should keep that, or should they go back to what everybody else has and only a three classification system? Um, just making it down Charleston last year, um, I really like the format, um, to be honest with you, because I saw some of the uh, single-way games um, and I know in the past some of the private schools kind of, you know, ran the single A division. So you saw kind of the parity um, where single A, um, double A, triple A, and now four A with us. Um, you see a lot more parity. Um, you see a lot, it's a lot of different teams um, that have a chance now where they may not have had a chance in the past. So I think from that standpoint, um, just having some of the private schools move up in class, you saw some competitive matchups. Um, with them playing some of the bigger class teams. So I think uh, overall, for us, playing three games in three days, that's something that we talk about, you know, at the beginning of the season. Uh, we got to, you know, prepare back-to-backs, uh, making sure that we test ourselves early um, because our, our, our classification, we play Thursday, Friday, Saturday with no breaks. So that's something that, you know, you got to try to prepare for during the season. So overall, I like it. Um, I wouldn't mind if they keep it. Um, and, and also, like I said, it gives the small schools a chance. And you kind of talked a moment ago about Charleston and then about uh, Jenkins as a freshman, and then you have Gladney as a sophomore. Last year, you guys were able to make it to the state quarterfinals uh, after not making it, uh, you know, after having under 500s the past years beforehand. How do you think a guy like Jenkins in the second year uh, for Gladney could help you guys uh, make it further this year? Yeah, Jaden started as a freshman last year. He was actually our third leading scorer. So he um and he didn't start the first two games of the year last year, so he played really well for us as a freshman. 
Um, looking for him to really build off of that this year. I know he got off to a slow start in the first couple of games, but looking for him to really build off of last year, um, become one of the you know main main players and leaders of the team. And then Jenkins, um, definitely coming in as a freshman. Uh, like I say, he, he's a freshman, but he's played a lot of basketball at a high level during the off season. So we're just looking to get him acclimated um, with some of the returners um, and some of the guys that's off the bench as well. Um, we got Bryson Fleming come in um, this year, his first year as well. And then Will Shawley's brother Wyatt, who played JV for us, um, is his first year. So we're kind of just that our, our second unit. Um, we're really trying to just get those guys to mesh um, with some of the returners. Coach, how do you feel so far about the rotation as you've been through these first four games? Do you feel like you got a pretty good idea? I know you mixed up the lineup a little bit uh, against uh, Bridgeport, but how do you feel about how you've kind of been able to manage the guys in, in the minutes? Yeah, we still got some work to do. Um, just getting um, Just getting healthy as well. We had some early season injuries um, that I really hadn't talked about, so we're just we're just trying to get some of the guys back um, in the rotation, trying to get some guys um, healthy. Our football team went a little further this year, so we had a couple guys not coming until the second week as well. So just trying to get um, everybody to mesh um, together. But overall, I think we we still have some work to do on our rotation, um, getting a strong footing. Last year, that was probably our strength of our team. We were deep because um, we had three seniors come off the bench last year um, that made us a lot deeper than we were this year. So that's something I think we uh, we definitely have to have to work on. All righty, Coach. This Tuesday, we already mentioned you guys take on Musselman there in Inwood to start the uh, conference play. What have uh, you seen from Musselman to uh, strategize and everything for your team to be able to get a win? Yeah, I mean, we're both familiar with each other. We played three times last year, um, most recent in the uh, sectional finals. So pretty much the same thing we've seen um, last year and the year before. Um, They have a really good um, all-state player in Jordan Holmes. Uh, He's about a 20-point scorer right now. So, you know, we definitely know he's going to be coming ready to play. And they have uh, have some returners as well. Um, they got a lot of experience, so looking for a tough game um, against an experienced team and, and a great coaching staff. All right, Coach Lewis, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be out there at Musselman for that game for where you guys take on the Appleman on Tuesday. Best of luck, and uh, we'll talk with you next week. All right, thanks a lot, guys. That was head coach for the Jefferson Cougars boys basketball team, Richard Lewis, and bringing you guys back in before we hit the end of the segment. Uh, 4-0 start for them on the season, obviously. Uh, you know, going in the state state playoffs last year, but having after having you know having four or five below 500 seasons, uh, and you know the impact of the freshman Jenkins right now, they could be poised for another run. Oh, I definitely think they're going to be a, one of those teams to look out for in Charleston. Uh, a lot of talent on the roster. I like the way they play. Um, good length, good speed, good athleticism. So, you know, they're going to be a tough team. Uh, Jefferson, I really like what they have this year. Uh, even if they lost a few guys from last year, I still think they have a, a pretty good team. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, but – now is the time to prove all that because we know the EPAC this year is extremely competitive. So, uh, 
Definitely, though, Jefferson's got to be one of the top teams to look at this year, I think. Yeah, Coach Lewis has uh, this Jefferson program on the up and up, and it'll be fun to continue to uh, see them starting this Tuesday against Musselman. I'm uh, excited to get to announce that with Jim. Yeah, definitely. Jim Klein back in the fold for some boys basketball action. Uh, We'll be doing two games next week as well. You guys will have uh, girls basketball what is it at Martinsburg? Who do you have Thursday? Do you even know, Colin? I think it's Musselman, it's, right? Or no, it's, maybe not. It's Hedgesville. Yeah, at that's Martinsburg. What I thought it was Girls Hedgesville. Basketball. Martinsburg, just like uh, what you guys have Friday. Yeah, right. we'll have Boyd basketball for that on Friday, so a full week, and then we'll have Shepherd basketball doubleheader next Saturday, so a week from tomorrow but good to catch up with head coach lewis and you'll catch up with him on the pregame show on tuesday and that does it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by orsini's home store not just an appliance store any longer cabinets and designer bedding outdoor living it's family owned and operated and located at 360 hack wilson way in martinsburg go to orsinis.com we come back we'll talk uh, some bowl games we got one on the tv right now wake forest has a 17 to 10 lead over rutgers as rutgers was named a replacement team about uh, i think a week and a half ago on the 20 or I think eight days ago the 23rd they were named the replacement team will be back talk about that talk about last night's very entertaining purdue tennessee game and more next on the sports mix My name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360 Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price-match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. Hi, Kresha Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the eastern panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. We're now accepting new patients at all four convenient locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, and Winchester. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home now back to the sports mix with spencer and nick on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 and tv 10 
Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on the final day of the calendar year of 2021. We'll turn to 2022, so after today, we'll talk to you next year. Uh, but for now, we're going to finish out the show about uh, 24 minutes left, 23 and a half minutes left. Uh, but uh, we'll talk some college football bowls right now going on. Wake Forest against Rutgers in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And uh, as I mentioned before break, Rutgers the late addition to the bowl because uh, the prior team had to drop out due to COVID. And uh, among the teams that were kind of, I wouldn't really say in the running to be a replacement, it was just kind of the chatter, was Marshall. Uh, head coach Charles Huff kind of got it all started on Twitter saying one more game with a funny uh, gif. Uh, but, you know, I don't it didn't they didn't really set up the Bulls in a, in the way they did last year with having replacement teams already set up in case something like this would happen. So they kind of had to go back to the drawing board and the NCAA had to approve those five and or six and five and seven teams uh, with high APR rating, uh, which means high in the classroom, being highly regarded in the classroom as a program. Yeah, and I like that better than having another school play a second bowl game. I don't think that would be that beneficial for the athletes. So, especially with the whole COVID protocols, because specifically for Marshall, I mean uh, that that chatter was happening you know last tuesday and wednesday or last wednesday specifically and they had lost their bowl game on saturday december 18th so about five days removed from their bowl game and you know the players all went their separate ways yeah you know sometimes some some uh traveled back to huntington and with the team and then some traveled with their families or traveled to their families directly from new orleans so the COVID protocol trying to get them back it would be very hard. Plus, we know they were in New Orleans all week. So yeah, I'm would. sure they didn't just sit in their hotel room and isolate I'm kind of surprised that that bowl didn't get canceled based upon all the stuff that I saw on social media, specifically Snapchat from players uh, that I'm friends with on Snapchat. So that's kind of surprising with all with the, you know, the amount of cancellations that came in the, you know, later in that week. Yeah, and also though, like a team like Rutgers is is fighting right now against Wake Forest, so it's good to see different programs get a chance to showcase their teams on national TV. I think it's fine that they're, you know, not allowing six and six teams, and they're they're even expanding to a five and seven team just to get different teams in there. I think that's fine. Yeah, I'm all for it, and it's competitive for uh, now, so it should be entertaining. And looking forward to. Uh, seeing another one uh here later on that had a replacement team because of another uh cancellation i believe that's the central michigan one later on today right yeah definitely but i will kind of talk yesterday uh kind of go through our uh bowl predictions that we made so far the duke's mayo bowl yesterday south carolina came on top came out on top 38 to 21 uh i was wrong you were wrong i was wrong i was wrong as well uh I don't. You guys don't have your picks in front of you. I fell to twelve and thirteen in picks. Then in the Music City Bowl, Tennessee, or I had Tennessee, but Purdue completely knocked it out of the water, especially in the receiving game. Brock Thompson, a Marshall transfer, had seven catches, two hundred seventeen yards, and two touchdowns. But a controversial fourth down stop in overtime uh, seals the bowl win with a field goal for Purdue, forty-eight to forty-five. Probably one of the most exciting games so far of the bowl season. Oh, it's exciting. 
but the referees absolutely screwed over Tennessee. I feel like a majority of the people are in agreement with uh, my statement on that. Yeah. And the fact that you can't review forward progress made it even worse because that was clearly a touchdown. The player was not down. His feet were still moving, so I don't know how they call forward progress. And it's things like that that just upset me on football in whole because we've seen so many plays that they stop forward progress and then next thing you know, the guy's still going. Or that there was a fumble. So it goes either way, offensive, defense. I'm not trying to say that it stops only one side. It's referees that blow the whistle too early, in my opinion. And it ultimately just led to a loss for Tennessee because that, as you said, was fourth down. The ball was turned over, so all Purdue had to do was kick the field goal. Yeah, were you watching that game? Yes, and it was a horrible call. That was going on while we were broadcasting. Yeah, I was switching back and forth. So we we weren't paying too much attention to that. I just saw the highlights, and I know... uh, It was botched. Yeah, and Brock Thompson, though, big shout-out to him, the receiver for Purdue, seven catches, 217 yards, two touchdowns. believe named the Bowl MVP. Uh, He transferred out of Marshall uh, due to his brother. Uh, I believe his brother has cancer, and that's back close to home, so... You know, he didn't transfer because things were bad or he didn't like how it was going. He transferred to for what the transfer portal is really was it what it was meant for. Yeah. Kind of being able to, to go closer to your family if something happened. Yeah. Uh, and Brock's had some injuries too yeah. at Marshall, I know. One so. of the when he scored one of the long touchdowns, uh the uh the broadcaster said he rumbled into the end zone, not too sure how he's going to run anymore because he's had two knee surgeries. Yeah. So, uh, but big shout out to him. So, uh, the next bowl in the, uh, what, Michigan State beat uh, Pitt in the Chick fil A Peach Bowl 31 to 21. What did you guys, who'd you guys have in that? Michigan, Michigan State. State. Michigan State, I did yeah, as well. I had Purdue, Pitt. by the way, in the, so I got that win. Oh, there you go. But, uh, controversy so i don't like it. yeah I, I like clean wins so. <laughs> uh, and then the Proud final bowl of the day the las vegas bowl wisconsin versus arizona state a 20 to 13 win for wisconsin i picked wisconsin so now i'm back to 500 at 14 and 14 i believe i had wisconsin as well so i, I, think I don't know what my tied. record is i'd have to go get my paper and look yeah and then uh, we'll talk about today real quick uh, going on right now as we mentioned the tax layer gator bowl uh, also just started in the first quarter, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Washington State versus Central Michigan. Uh, Central Michigan was a replacement team in there. Wait, were they the... They were the team that were in, in the, the uh, Arizona Bowl. Right? Arizona Bowl. Yeah. And so they ended up Boise combining State those left, bowls. They left. That Weird bowl was supposed bowl. to be today. Yeah, the Tony it the, the Tiger Flakes Bowl? Tony the Tiger Bowl, I'm not too sure. Uh, but Tony the Tiger? I don't know, but those games pale in comparison to the two national semifinals today and the Gator or Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. That's 330 Eastern on ESPN, number four Cincinnati against number one Alabama. Cincinnati, the only undefeated team, Alabama with one loss on the season, but Bryce Young obviously fighting for a national championship after winning the Heisman. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, fun one tonight. That'll be cheering for cincinnati but you can apparently I as i look over you can Alabama. watch you can watch the game synced with the team's radio calls on espn 
Yeah, ESPN has so many different broadcasts. You'd have to look up how many. I don't know, my but guess that is graphic probably, just popped up on the screen. My, my guess is probably eight, maybe even more if you actually go to that ESPN app because sometimes they have ones on like just the Skycam. They do the coach's room. They do the radio broadcast for each one. I might watch it in they, Spanish tonight. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they have so many different cameras and things. It's insane whenever you get to these college football playoffs and the Super Bowl, how many cameras there are. It, they go all out, and it's fun from nerdy sports guys like us. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, but obviously going to be a good one. I still think, I think Alabama, Alabama comes on top. Them. I do too, but this still going to cheer for Cincinnati because this why not? is the showcase for the Power Five or the Group of Five. Even though Cincinnati, they are moving uh, out of the American, but uh, you know it's kind of showcasing to see can you put a Group of Five team in the college football playoff and will they do anything? I kind of feel bad they got to play Alabama, uh, but uh, you know this is kind of the this is the when you look at it and maybe Cincinnati's them, eyes, that'd be a huge upset and yeah. it would. Prove a group of five out of is, all the teams the that playoffs. you want to play to belong, it is Alabama. Yeah, because Alabama is the best. The line that, that's the, the program to beat line every single year. Not helping Cincinnati at all. Thirteen and a half for Bama. Uh, Fifty-seven and a half is the over/under. Uh, but I'm a, I think are we all picked Bama in that one? Then the nightcap, the Capital One Orange Bowl, seven thirty p.m. ESPN. I'm just going to say the ESPN family of networks wherever you want to get your broadcast uh, whether You'll it be it. the radio for Michigan radio for Georgia or whatever it is on the whole ESPN family of networks uh, but that game number three Georgia versus number two Michigan both one loss teams uh, Georgia is favored by seven and a half the over under 45 and a half and uh, you know McNamara for uh, Michigan as well as Haskins kind of leading the way uh, 35 combined touchdowns. Yeah, I think Georgia takes it, but it's going to be kind of a low-scoring type of game. I don't expect Georgia's offense to put up a ton of points, so I think their defense will help them get this victory. Uh, you know, Michigan's got a decent offense. As you mentioned, they have some some good numbers, but I think they haven't faced a team like Georgia, so I think I'll, I'll go with the Bulldogs. But I've got the Bulldogs. I have well, Michigan close. winning it, and I'm going to add a final score to it. I agree that it's going to be low scoring, so I'm going to say 13 to 10. Wow! Michigan beats Georgia. There you go, Collins' prediction uh, for the one. You don't have a you don't have a score for the other one though. <laughs> I don't know yet, and I'd have to think because his heart wants Cincinnati to pull off a huge upset, but yeah, his brain but... is telling him Alabama's going to win. I wouldn't be surprised if the final score is kind of similar to what we saw in the uh, SEC championship, Alabama-wise. Yeah, definitely. And other games are going on this week in the New York Six Bowls. uh, So we'll kind of recap the big ones when we come in on Monday. But uh, 12 p.m. tomorrow on ESPN2, the Outback Bowl, Arkansas, number 21 Arkansas versus Penn State. Arkansas is favored by 12, or excuse me, by two and a half. 1 p.m., the Fiesta Bowl, uh, number nine, Oklahoma State, number five, Notre Dame, Notre Dame favored by two. 1 p.m. on ABC tomorrow, number 15, Iowa versus number 22, Kentucky, UK favored by three. That's in the Verbo Citrus Bowl. 5 p.m., number 11, Utah versus number six, Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Ohio State with the four point favorites there. Um, 
And then 8.45 p.m., the nightcap on ESPN, number seven, Baylor versus number eight, Ole Miss in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Ole Miss favored by one and a half. And uh, that takes us through the weekend in bowls because it'll be two days off before the Tax Act Texas Bowl on Tuesday. Uh, but those should be there should be a few good ones on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, great day to just relax and uh, watch sports tomorrow because, as you said, we have all the bowl games. Uh, if you're a fan of hockey, you got the Winter Classic that'll be on as well. Got the West Virginia Mountaineers college basketball. Yeah, you can hear that Texas. right here on Talk Radio yeah. WRNR and, and uh, 106.5 FM AM 740. Got to have a whole bunch of different TVs or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It should a be a fun weekend radios. of sports. Uh, but that, that, does that might it. be tough. <laughs> that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. And when we come back, we'll wrap things up on the Sports Mix. You looked at me and I was done. We're just getting started. I was singing to you. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. You've put up with your water long enough. It's time for Sunset Water Services, your local water solution since 1989, to fix your water problems. Get better tasting, better... This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Burke Schultz, Harmon, and Jenkinson, where accident, injury, and disability lawyers with over 120 years combined local trial experience. When injury or illness has stopped you from working, you may be eligible for Social Security disability. Ron Harmon has been winning disability claims for over a quarter of a century. Don't hire some out-of-state firm. Ron Harmon's in Martinsburg. He will meet with you right here in our office. Get a local lawyer you can trust. Call 304-LAWYERS for a free consultation. 304-LAWYERS or 304-263-0900. 
You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this final edition of the Sports Mix for the 2021 year. Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini. And Colin McLaughlin going to finish this one out here. This final segment brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Billy McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. You can stop by their offices located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. So we'll close things out. Before we talk NFL, uh, we'll quickly give you a, talk a little bit about the Wizards last night. They were able to get in the win column. They avoided falling to 500 or i guess below 500 last night as uh they were able to get a win over the Cavs, 110 to 93 last night in dc they head into 2022 at 18 and 17 on the season bradley beal made his return to the lineup after missing two games in the covid 19 protocols and after he is now indeed vaccinated so that may help him going forward to stay off the list if he's a close contact uh, he made a big difference. A double-double with 29 points, 10 assists. Kyle Kuzma joins him in the double-double club as he finished with 25 points, 10 boards. Uh, the Wizards did a great job protecting the ball as they only had eight turnovers. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, who was signed by the team earlier in the day after Spencer Dinwiddie had to go on to the COVID, the health and safety protocols list, had seven assists and no turnovers, uh, but got some breaking news here. Uh, about 15 minutes ago via Shams. 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 Not Shams. Right? I don't know. I don't know how to say the name. Whatever. <laughs> uh, he is now has entered the health and safety protocols. Who's that? Brad Wanamaker, the guy they signed yeah. yesterday after Dinwiddie. Great. Went on the health and safety protocols. So that's not really doesn't really help much they'll be back in action tomorrow night against the bulls at 7 p.m and gets that right here on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 pregame with dave johnson at 645 but now going over to the national football league uh We'll kind of talk about some big games this weekend. No Thursday night football, so we've got no football to recap. A uh, bunch of games going on sat, uh, Sunday. One game Monday night, which we'll have right here as the Steelers host the Browns in what will probably be Ben Roethlisberger's final game at Heinz Field. Uh, that'll be a six fifteen pregame. Unless they make from the, the playoffs s- and get a home yeah. game. Uh, they are 7-7-1. Seven and, seven, seven and one, so They can still win the division, but it's not... Very likely. They have to win out and have everybody else lose out, right? I think so. All right. Well, that'll be Monday night, 6.15 pregame from (laughs) the Steelers radio network. Uh, But talk about some games on Sunday that kind of have some meaningfulness here. The the Falcons, they're kind of teeter-tottering in the uh, playoff race, but they face the Bills. They could play spoiler. As the Bills kind of not doing as well as they usually are, they're still nine and six on the season. Uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals—that's going to be a key game on CBS at one p.m. I would bet uh, you got Nance and Romo on that game. Uh, Kansas City's favored by four and a half. Uh, some other big games: the Dolphins versus the Titans. Titans favored by three and a half. Uh, Colts and Raiders. Uh, Indianapolis favored by seven. I believe Carson Wentz is in COVID protocol. Uh, not sure if he can test out of it or not. Uh, then you got the uh, 
game that you can hear right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 is Washington versus the Eagles. It's a 1 p.m. game, 11 a.m. pregame show. Eagles favored by four and a half. An intriguing interconference game, Rams versus Ravens. I know Nick will be following. That's 1 p.m. on Fox as well. Uh, uh, the Rams are favored by five and a half. Broncos and Chargers, kind of some fringe teams there. Uh, Cowboys and Cardinals, that should be a good game. That's at 425 on Fox. Expect Joe Buck and Tony Romo, or Tony Romo, and Troy Aikman, different Cowboys quarterback there. Uh, and then Sunday night football should be a good one as well. Vikings versus Packers. But as Colin alluded to me earlier, uh, Kirk Cousins has entered COVID protocols and he is unvaccinated. So he, I believe, will miss the game with Green Bay favored by 13 now. Uh, but you guys pick a game that means the most. And Nick, you can't pick the Ravens game. I wasn't going to. Okay. Pick a game that means the most to the playoff implications. Am I going first? Yeah. I'll go with the Raiders and the Colts. I think it's kind of the obvious one. They're in the AFC wildcard pitcher. Both those teams are fighting for wildcard spots. The Raiders uh, obviously hold the tiebreaker over Baltimore in the head-to-head. So a win there would put them at 9-7. and seven, And that would fall the Colts back to 9-7 and seven as well. Now the Colts are currently the 5 seed. They're still trying to win the division as well. So they're probably going to be okay. But, I mean, for Vegas, that would be... A crucial win they'd still need some help with trailing the chargers but that would be a very important game for wild card implications so you know, with that game i think it's kind of the the one head-to-head that will prove to be the most important uh down the line it could either knock the raiders pretty much out of it or uh give them a good chance in week seven or week 18 i'm probably gonna have to uh stick in the afc as well there's a lot of good ones but i'm really looking at that uh dolphins titans game because the dolphins are just red hot right now i mean seven straight wins after being one and seven now eight and seven trying to get back in the playoffs going against a very impressive titans team who's trying to hang on to the division for themselves that should be a great one there on CBS. Tennessee favored by three and a half, but I would not be surprised if the Dolphins are able to uh, squeak out another win there and go to nine and seven and be on the inside of the playoffs uh, instead of on the outside looking in. The yeah. Dolphins, the first team to lose seven straight games and win seven straight games in the season. There you go. Yeah, uh, right now Miami is the seventh seed at eight and seven, but you got. Uh, four teams, eight and seven in the AFC. Miami, Baltimore, LA Chargers, and Vegas. My pick would be the Chiefs uh, versus the Bengals, both fighting for playoff positioning in the and the you know both fighting for the division. Really, I think the Chiefs have that wrapped up. But for the Bengals, that's going to be a big one uh, there. But let's talk a little bit before just real quickly. Uh, NFL Hall of Fame finalists Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis. Among them, to, there were 26 semifinalists, but just uh, you know, those were the finalists. Also, uh, that the, so that'll be announced February 10th. Who are going in? Uh, do you guys have one snub, real fast? Because I have uh, Heinz Ward. He's a snub. Five seconds. London Fletcher. London Fletcher, the snub. I don't have one. Why isn't he in yet? 
All right, well, for Nick Verzellini, for Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer. We see you next year.